0: Well, how the hell are you, man? I mean, seriously, like, how the hell are you? Oh, really? Okay, cool. Well, you better be cool, because you are here on probably the coolest place on earth. This is the Harland Highway podcast, not to be confused with the Harland Highway blah blah blah. Uh, welcome, I am he, Harlan Williams, your host, and uh, today, today we are diving into the Shark Tank. I'm going to tell you about a TV show that I really like, that I think is smart and fun and interesting. And you're going to hear a clip of someone who kind of got eaten alive on that show. Also, a follow-up to Valentine's Day. Wait until you hear this horror story. Oh, my God. Someone had a horrible Valentine's Day. You're not going to believe it. Um, we have the Harlan Highway question of the day. And then, uh, are you an artist? Are you, a, are you a, uh, an illustrator, a painter? Well, there's a certain type of artist out there that uh, does a very unique and specific type of artwork. Kind of goes under the radar. Today, we're going to peel back the sheets and talk about it a bit. Um, art, because that's what we're doing here, isn't it, folks? Art, right here on the Harland Highway. Welcome to the Harland Highway. All right, let's get this sucker going, huh? You are causing a major disturbance on my time. It's the Harland Highway. What's up, Rob? If I'm here and you're here, doesn't that make it our time? (laughs) I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. Am I hallucinating here? Just what in the hell do you think you're doing? You just made a wrong turn onto the Harland Highway. This is your fucking wake-up call, man. You're riding down the Harland Highway with Harland Williams. In 30 seconds, you'll be dead. Then I'll blow this place up and be home in time for cornflakes. Fairy tales can come true. They can happen. The... Uh, wow. Um, sometimes fairy tales don't come true, gang. I, I got to start this story. Valentine's Day was just a couple of weeks ago. And I just stumbled on this story that came in. Because, you know, sometimes Valentine's Day can go wrong. And for this guy it did. Check out this headline. Woman allegedly bites off piece of boyfriend's tongue after Valentine's dispute. Ouch! Are you kidding me? Yeah, ouch. Check it out. An Illinois woman was arrested after allegedly biting off a large piece. <laughs> and you got to figure it's the tip, right? It's not like you're going to get the back of the tongue. So I'm, I'm assuming it's the tip. Biting off a large piece of her boyfriend's tongue following a domestic dispute on Valentine's Day. Well, aren't we in love? <laughs> Police say Elaine Cook of Skokie, Illinois, and her boyfriend of 10 months went out for Valentine's Day, returned to her apartment, and got into a fight. Oh, love. Huh? What do you want to do for Valentine's Day? Well, why don't we go out for a nice romantic dinner? Yes. And candlelight and wine and lobster? Yes. And then take a horse-drawn carriage ride back to your apartment. Yes. And light a fire and pour some champagne and dip strawberries in chocolate. Yes. And then get in a goddamn fight, you asshole. I hate your fucking guts. Ah! Okay. Um, So they say that uh, Cook reportedly asked him to leave her apartment. Uh when the fight was going on, but he wanted to end the argument. He told her that they should stop fighting and he went to kiss her. Um, (laughs) turns out that's when she bit off a large portion of his tongue, you know, because if, if please leave doesn't work, the next logical step is to, you know, bite someone's tongue off. They'd said that, that, uh, the boyfriend ran to the sink bleeding. Cook followed him and threw the tongue on the counter. Oh, God. So that means she had the chunk of tongue in her mouth on her tongue. His tongue was on her tongue. This is this is like the X Games of French kissing right here going on. Will you talk to me? I can't right now. I'm French kissing you. Um, and she slapped it on the counter like a... You know how meat sounds when you slap it on a counter. I thought the story was going to... She followed him through the tongue on the counter, pulled out a couple of slices of white bread, some mayonnaise, a little bit of lettuce, made herself a tongue sandwich. Ugh. So the dude, he grabs the piece of his own tongue... Which brings whole new meaning to uh, cat got your tongue. How about dude got your tongue, your own tongue? I mean, that's something that should never happen in life. Never in life should one pick one's own tongue up off a counter. At no point should a tongue ever leave your mouth, except if you stick it out and then retract it. But there should be no separation. Your tongue should not be anywhere your whole life but resting in your mouth, cradled in your lower jaw. Ugh. So we put the piece of, uh, piece of tongue into a bag of ice, which reminds me of that scene in um, A Christmas Story. Remember where the kid has got it, stuck his tongue to the frozen pole? Come back. Come back. Ah, don't leave me here. Come back. <laughs> this guy shoves his tongue in a bag of ice. Come back. Come back. come back leave Come back. The bell rang. What are you going to do? I don't know. The bell rang. Come back. Come back. Come back. Oh, my God. And then he and Cook's roommate called 911. Could you imagine that phone call? Hello, 911, what is your emergency? The to her. I she a- Excuse me, sir? Sir, you're going to have to enunciate. But then it's- I'm hanging up, sir. You sound like an idiot. <laughs> So the guy was rushed to the uh, hospital. The doctors could not reattach the tongue because of inadequate blood supply. Are you kidding me? So this guy's got to walk around with no tongue? At least half a tongue? I'm telling you, I'm not taking this guy to Baskin-Robbins. Can you imagine the freak show? All the kids standing around licking their ice cream cones. Here comes old uh, Zebra Mouth. His tongue comes out it's like Bleh. the kids see this guy with half a tongue. I mean, they would scream out of there like Godzilla attacking a Japanese city. Ah! Scary. In the days following the maiming. I like how they call it a maiming. How about Saw 5? Uh, how about the movie Saw 5? Forget about maiming. This is like one of those Saw movies. Let's play a little game. Um, so in the days following the maiming, the, the boyfriend who asked not to be identified said he was in a lot of pain. Well, uh, no guff. Obviously talking is not the best thing to do right now. Yeah, I think we covered that already, okay? Probably not. He says, but at least I can talk. It's just sad, the whole thing. Well, I don't think he can talk that well, dude. Unbelievable. So this chick got uh, sent to jail. $100,000 bail. And then the dude says he has a lot of mixed feelings. Said he didn't want to see Cook's life ruined by going to jail. What about your life, dude? I mean, you might have a little trouble getting a new girlfriend now that you have no tongue, if you know what I mean. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, say no more. Most girls like a dude with at least a little bit of tongue for various reasons. He says, it makes me sick to my stomach that she's sitting in jail right now, but it's just out of my hands, said the boyfriend. I have to focus on getting better now. Or, to quote him a hot the poke of oh I'm sure she's sitting in jail twiddling her thumbs or should I say twiddling her tongues i mean i I, I hate to say it gang but uh, there's a lot of lesbian action going on in those uh female prisons uh spoiler alert to you uh you uh, jailbird lesbians who like to go muff diving. You better do a good job. Or the uh, McTung burglar burglar's going to chew your, uh, your apparatus right out of your mouth. You, be- you better please, old, old uh, tongue biter. You better please her real good up on that top bunk bed in the, in the prison. <laughs> you're you're going to pay a price, man. And I think what's really hard about this story is looking at the chick who did it. I mean, she's one of those, she's an older woman. She's like 51. She looks a little hardened. And she's got kind of a tough face. Like she looks more like a construction worker dude than like a beautiful lady. She's got kind of a really big strong jaw and a wide face, strong face, strong cheekbones. I mean, it's one thing to get your tongue bit off by, like, a model or a little hottie. That's almost maybe borderline sexy. But to have uh, some chick that looks like, uh, you know, the guy that built your retaining wall in the backyard, I don't know. Ugh. Scary. So there you go, a little follow-up from uh, Valentine's Day. Be careful, gentlemen. Be very, very careful. Love bites. You know what else sucks? Well, maybe it doesn't suck, but it maybe it does suck. And I, I don't know if I understand the need for this anymore, but uh, imagine you're an artist. You know, you go to a nightclub, you go to a singles bar, you're standing at the bar with your ascot around your neck, your martini in your hand. Some beautiful filly saunters up to you. Hi, what do you do? Well, I'm an artist, baby. Ooh, an artist. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm an artist. Ooh, I like artists. Where can I see your works? Well, uh... uh, Please tell me where. Where can I see your your art? Uh, well, uh... Well... Where? I need to know. Channel 5 at uh, 6 o'clock news. What? Channel 5, 6 o'clock news. What the hell? What kind of artist are you? I'm a courtroom sketch artist, baby. I've got to (laughs) go. I mean, uh, is there a need for the the, uh, courtroom sketch artist anymore? In this uh, digital age we live in, in this technological age where there's cameras everywhere and, you know... uh, uh, pictures and f- digital footage and you know it seems like everyone's allowed in a courtroom these days tv cameras why is it that some some uh courtrooms they still have l- like this primitive thing going on where there's a guy with a sketch pad doodling everyone what the hell is that all about some guy over there with a bunch of smelly pastels and a Sketch pad, scribbling away. I mean, this has got to be frustrating because basically they're portrait artists, right? They're they're drawing people. I mean, can you imagine in the middle of a trial, the judge is like, "Ted Bundy, you're accused of fourteen serial killings. Please approach the bench." Uh, excuse me, Your Honor. Sorry, can't uh, he can't move. Um, I'm still rendering him, okay? I'm going to need about another two hours to get it right. Mr. Bundy, if you could just stay right where you are. Do not look this way. Do not turn your head. Do not flinch, you murdering son of a bitch. I mean, what do these guys do? Their portraits on the fly. People are always moving around. And they, they always look a bit off, don't they? Like, you know, suddenly you're watching the news and it's like this high-def television and, you know, 4,922 pixels per square inch and, you know, uh, retina discovery, blah, blah, blah. I don't know the terms. And then suddenly they go, and the defendant, Coco Smith, seen here in the sketch artist rendering, suddenly you're looking at, like, some guy's doodle. It's a bunch of scribbles and pencil marks and pastels. Didn't we use pastels when we were in grade three art class? Suddenly we're on—you know—we're in the modern society and we're, we're looking at some guy drawing like Sheikh Al Muhammad for the nine eleven bombings. You know what? I want an exa- I want to see a picture of that guy. I want to make sure if I run into him on the street, I know exactly what he looks like. I don't need no uh, pastel rendering. You know, they're always a bit off. The head's maybe a little disproportionate or their forehead's bent. Their eyes look a little crooked or maybe their hair's like tossed the wrong way. It just seems like kind of a primitive way of uh, communicating imagery these days. I mean, God bless you if you're a courtroom sketch artist, but I don't know—is that something you you walk around saying, or is that a little embarrassing? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm having a gallery showing. Really, where? Um, at the art gallery. I'm going to be hanging up. Um. Court case file seven two nine twelve, uh, Glemaski versus the state. Okay, and then court um, case two nine seven four two domestic violence. Uh, Walters versus Davidson. Okay, never heard of it. Well, how about this? There was a bicycle theft, and I sketched the thief, and he. This one's a winner. I got I even got the air conditioner in the background. There's him sitting at the bench and in the background is the courtroom air conditioner and that one's that one's gonna start a bidding war, I promise. so I don't know very strange. I actually knew a guy once who did that back in the day when I was just getting out of college. just this guy was like a hippie stoner dude. Is that right? You got you got like you know in in the court of law where where guys are going uh, through the doors off to prison in handcuffs, the orange jumpsuit for smoking weed, for maybe peddling a little dope, and the the guy drawing him leaving the uh, courtroom is like over there tweaking high as a kite, still got like uh, pot seeds in his beard. I don't know man maybe he's maybe he's over there smoking one of those pastels, hey, man, what color is this? I got lemon yellow, I got uh orange, I got uh burnt Sienna. what's this grass green? What the hell? hang on a sec oh yeah yeah that, that, that oh yeah, I'm seeing colors now, I'm seeing colors now I've never seen before. Oh, I'm sketching everyone now. I'm getting naked and sketching everyone. Oh, look out Ted Bundy here. I come. I don't know. So there you go. Maybe if you're ever in court, you're in trouble for something, make sure you uh you sit in the courtroom with your best side facing courtroom sketch artist. The Harlan Highway, question of the day. Okay, today's question of the day is of a historical nature. I don't usually dabble into history. I'm not real good at it. You know, I'm not a student of history, as they say. But my question of the day is, were shot putters the original cannons? Um, have you ever seen a shot putter? These big, chubby guys who pick up cannonballs and twirl around and throw them. Where did that come from? Were they the original cannons before the invention of of gunpowder, before the invention of the cannon as we know it? Were the you know did did uh, military outfits keep like uh, you know? A brigade of chubby guys in the back row you know they had 20 or 30 fat guys they were like in the back row and as a two two warring thanks uh, sanctions ran across the field towards each other they'd be like send in the fat guy send in the cannons and these fat guys would run forward in their spandex outfits And they'd, uh, you know, they'd have to make the, they'd have to throw the 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 shot put ball or the cannonball. But the only catch was, you know, I think the world record for shot putting is like thirty three feet or something. So that means these poor chubby guys would have to, okay, send in the cannon thirty three feet away from the enemy. And then they probably had to make the noise and everything, you know, they. Twirl around. They throw the cannonball. They have to do the the boom. They like boom, and then they have to stand there, chubby guy with rosy cheeks, doing the the cannonball flying through the air. Right? I don't know. I'm just asking. I told you I'm not good with history. My question of the day is. We're Shop Putters, the original Cannons. The Harland Highway, question of the day. All right, I want to tell you about a TV show that I like. I don't, uh, you know, have a ton of TV shows that I really like, but there's this one show, it's kind of an obscure show, that's on at a weird time, a weird hour. It doesn't have, like, a primo time slot, but... It's out there, and I find it uh, a very interesting show because it kind of deals with people's intelligence and their ingenuity. It's a show called Shark Tank. It's on ABC called Shark Tank, and uh, this is a show where uh, you have a panel of uh, four or five uh, very wealthy entrepreneurs you have uh, mark cuban the guy who uh who owns a, uh, I think the mavericks a uh, basketball team he's a, he's an entrepreneur he's a uh, he's a possibly a billionaire i think and then uh you have a bunch of other uh guys and girls on the panel that are uh, very very wealthy and uh, business investors um and uh you know these these guys make their living uh finding products to invest in or creating products uh and selling them to the marketplace and so the concept of the show is that the average joe you me your neighbor your sister your uncle if you have a, an ingenious idea or a, a really practical idea or something that you might see on the home shopping network or Something that might help save lives or something that uh might uh you know be something you could use in around the kitchen like the wow or the slap chop or whatever uh you have a chance to go in and make your sales pitch to these uh five sharks they call them in the shark tank, and uh they either like what you offer and they they make you an offer. And they want to get in business with you, and they, they offer you money, and they offer you their expertise, and they offer you everything uh, that they uh, kind of know about the business. And they they give you a promise to help you grow your business. And if you watch the show, if you follow the show, the results for people who have made deals with the Sharks and the Shark Tank have done, for the most part, very well Um. But what I really love about the show, I, there's two phases of the show. I love the the fact that people come in with these ideas and you go, "Oh my god, why didn't I think of that?" or "Oh, what a great idea!" or "How how simple, but how amazing." You know, there's a there's a guy that uh, invented a little magnetic clip that goes on your shirt to hang your reading glasses on. There's a lady who invented uh, a way to uh train your cat to literally sit up on the toilet and do its business to pee and poo on your t- existing toilet so that you don't have to have a litter box, a smelly litter box in your house. Um, there's people that have created candles that smell like money, that smell like basketballs, that smell like you know scents that aren't traditionally associated with the scent, scent of candles. Uh, there's just all kinds of uh, great inventions. It's, it's a fun show to watch. But the other aspect of the show is watching the sharks, you know, analyze the people and their products. And sometimes they can be very complimentary and be wowed and say, I want to be in business with you. And sometimes they can be brutal and just rip a person apart. And that's part of the risk you take going on the show. I mean, they don't pull any punches. And if you don't go in there prepared or you don't go in there with a a, a, a viable product, they're the first ones to get all over you. And I want to play you a clip. Uh, There was a beautiful uh, woman, an African-American woman, who seemed very intelligent. And she was, uh, 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 you know, well-schooled. And she... She worked in uh, she worked in the uh, rehabilitation of uh, troubled teens and, and things like that and people with addictions. Um, she worked in the mental health industry and she'd come up with a a uh, an invention or a creation, if you will, where it's uh, she's come up with this online therapy thing, where basically you can join uh, join a uh, a site and have access via Skype to professional therapists where it's a lot cheaper to do it over Skype than to, you know, get in your car and drive to a therapist's office and pay primo dollar. Um, So she created this website that, uh, you know, takes care of all your uh, psychological needs. If you need to talk to a shrink, if you need counseling, this is the place to go. Well, none of the sharks liked it because they felt like uh if you're if you're paying for cheap therapy, you're getting a cheap therapist. And uh they didn't really see the value in it and um they also were were uh were reaming her out because she walked into the room ill-prepared. She hadn't broken down the numbers. When when you go into the Shark Tank, you're supposed to kind of have numbers uh, you know, projections on what your profits will be or, uh, you know, kind of tell them how much money you've made thus far if you've in fact, you know, had this thing up and running. And this poor girl, as intelligent and as smart as she was, and I think she has kind of a neat idea, she didn't have her numbers lined up and the Sharks ate her alive. And here's one of the Sharks giving her her head business. in her hand. You have to know, you can't subcontract that. No matter if you hire an accountant or not, Get a there are key the numbers in your business. When you have ignorance, you're not defensible. You can't fight back when you're ignorant about your numbers. I know. So that's the first shark saying he's out. He doesn't want anything to do with her. And then uh, a couple of the other ones went on to say they're out. And then you'll hear one more guy just say he's out. And then the final shark comes in. And this is where it gets good. This was so brutal. I don't mean to be cruel, but it made me laugh out loud. It was it was like better than any sitcom, just because this guy was such a dick to this this woman. So, you got one more shark bailing out, and then here comes the uh, coup de coup de tra or whatever the hell it is. the 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 icing on the cake is the 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 uh, advice from the final shark. Here we go. These numbers do not add up. Thank you. I do appreciate that. I think what's appropriate is a very simple story that I think you'll appreciate. There's an island right off the coast of South Africa where the largest population of sardines exists. Seals love sardines. Hundreds of thousands of them sit on an island, just bare rock, nothing to eat. They look at the sardines... After about seven days, they start to starve. But they know if they go in the water, the great white sharks will eat them alive. Somebody has to go in the water from the seals to sacrifice their lives so that the others can live eating the sardines. It's the one that's starving the most that goes in first, followed by maybe a few thousand more. The ones that sacrificed their lives did it for a purpose so the DNA of the ones that live can go on. So B, do you know who you are in this story? You're the first seal that goes in the water. Purpose was that others will never come in here again without their numbers. They will learn from the blood in the waters that you've provided. I'm out. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you very much. Don't go swimming. Let that be a lesson. She's smart. She'll figure it out. Wow. She got it handed to her, man. Woo! Oh, my God. I mean, it was such a brutal story. Here's this girl, she's probably not well-versed in the world of business, walking in like a deer in the headlights, and this guy hands her that. And here they cut to her afterwards talking about the experience, and she's tearing up, crying. I'm here representing my business, and I really, really resent having anybody call my business or my project or anything that I've worked this hard on horrible it isn't wow oh man well hey if nothing else (laughs) the girl learned a lesson man wow brutal and it was just the delivery of the guy and the the, the guy uh, the guy on the show that gave that little speech he calls himself mr. wonderful he's a he's like a billionaire uh investment guy who sold some internet company for a billion dollars and uh he's just uh he's kind of pompous he's kind of cocky and uh just to see him lay into her it was sad but it was also somehow hilarious so i hope that lady's doing well for what it's worth my dear and I'm not a business, I don't invest in uh, things like this, but I, I think there might be something to your idea. I think there there might be a need for people who can't afford therapy that they can go online and get it. And by the way, just so you know, these therapists that she was marketing were were not bad therapists. They were just therapists in the early stages of their career so they they couldn't be in a position to charge top dollar where a well-established therapist w- uh, would be so basically i think what was happening here is uh she was uh she was offering top quality therapists but rate right at the uh you know the beginning of their careers so they would probably go on to be great therapists but uh Because they weren't there yet, they were were getting a a low price. So there you go. My goodness. My goodness. Not only does love bite on this show, but business bites as well. Ouch! You get into the shark tank, you're going to get bit with a little bit of business love. There you go. And that... My friend, that big bite leads us to the end of the show. We've bitten off the end. We're at the tail. The tail is wagging, but we are at the tail. Uh, Thank you for being here. What a treat. Uh, Don't forget, folks, a few announcements. I will be in Florida, Fort Lauderdale at the Improv at the Hard Rock Casino in Fort Lauderdale all this weekend. Starting tonight. Uh, February 28th, right through till Sunday, March 3rd. So come on by. Go to my website, harlowilliams.com You can order your tickets online. You want to save a seat. Also, uh, the following weekend, yours truly will be in Dallas, Texas, Addison Improv. Also, March uh, 7th to the 10th. Get your tickets online. And I hope you, I see you there. Uh, My new special, uh, Harlow Williams, A Force of Nature, available at my website as well in our store, harlowwilliams.com, or if you would rather a digital download, go to iTunes. People are digging it. They're downloading my new special that I shot in the middle of the desert. Not going to see that anywhere else, my fine little friends. Um, If you want to write, harlowwilliams.com with your comments and observations. If you want to call and leave a phone message, 323-739-4330. That's 323-739-4330, my friends. (laughs) So that's all I got, man. Uh, Hope you had a groovy time. Hope you're doing well. Smile. Spread love to others. Be a good person. And until next time, chicken. Chow mein, baby! Huh, are you kidding? Stick my tongue to that stupid pole that's dumb. That's cause you know it'll stick. You're full of it. Oh, yeah? Yeah! Well, I double dog dare ya! <laughs> well, go on, smart ass, and do it. I'm going, I'm going. Flick's spine stiffened, his lips curled in a defiant sneer. There was no going back now. Duck, duck.